0: Welcome to Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicMPR.com. This is Elena DelVal, and my guest is Luz Agudelo, who is executive producer of Onda, Musica y Sonido, part of Music House Kama. Today we will discuss Latino music and advertising issues. Luz is responsible for working with a Kama team to create original music for commercials, TV and movies, and the team of a sister company Particle in overseeing its production. A Colombian native, she grew up in South Florida and was motivated by a new Latino generation, seeking inspiration from their own roots and the abundance of other backgrounds in the cultural community. Prior to working with Onda Musica y Sonido, she worked with AKPD Message and Media. Lewis contributed her production expertise to television and radio ads for the Obama for America campaign, Luz has produced many television and radio ads and directed several Spanish and Portuguese radio spots. She most recently has worked on independent narrative and documentary films and the development of a two-week workshop taught at a Guatemalan orphanage. Luz, welcome. Hi, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. What a fun job. It's the first thing that I think of when I look at what you do. What a fun job you must have.
1: Oh, absolutely. I wake up every morning and I have to pinch myself because I am surrounded by musicians and, you know, sound designers that get to do what they love every day. And I just, you know, I can't believe, I can't believe it.
0: (laughs) How did you get started in this industry? Was this like a dream when you were going to school or how did that happen?
1: You know, I always knew that I wanted to do um, production in some realm. Uh, so I started out uh, studying mass communications at a community college in Florida. And then I kind of wanted to take it to the step up. And I was like, you know, let me study film. So um, my parents have always been very supportive. And they said, go, you know. So I moved to Chicago and went to Columbia College where I studied film and video. And there I started working on a lot of independent films and, you know, just really loved it. And, you know, eventually made my way to uh, commercial production. And I, my first official full-time job was working at APD Media, uh producing television commercials and radio spots. And it kind of, you know, led me to this field in music and sound design, which was, you know, it's part of the production process. So I was very familiar with it. And I just loved how people in music worked. They're just so... um you know, they're just so flexible and, it, you know, it was just, it was, it was a good match for me.
0: What would you say are the big picture issues in Latino music advertising? In other words, is Latino music advertising very different from just music and advertising?
1: Well, it's, that's a really, um, it's a really great question because the answer is yes and no. You know, you can't put the Hispanic market in a box. Uh, I've worked on spots where, you know, there's no direction as to this should be, you know, this should have a Latin flair to it, for example. They, you know, uh, wanted a rock track. It didn't reference any kind of culture or anything. And I've worked on spots where, you know, they did want it to have a specific flair, you know, flavor to it. Uh, it depends on the product. It depends on the audience that they want to reach. It just, th- there's a lot that goes behind it. So it's kind of hard to say there's, there's just this kind of music for, uh, for the Latin community. Um, I think I, I remember, you know, back when there was just one station when I first came to the States, I think it was Univision. A lot of the commercials, you know, did have a lot of maracas. For example, maracas in the background. But now it's it's evolved to a little bit more sophisticated level of music, I guess. Or, you know, it's not just put in a box.
0: Well, let's go back for a second, Luz. When you describe Latino in your work, how do you define that? Is it is it a self-definition or is it a title that you give to a particular market segment? What's your point where you... Divide the market. How do you do that? Well,
1: as far as um, in advertising, uh, I guess I, you know, there's the term general market or Hispanic market. Is that what you're going with that question, or is it in terms of music?
0: When you are, as a marketer, when Mm -hmm. you are addressing a market you identify the characteristics of that market. Is it a youth market? Is it an urban market? Is it a country music market? Which market segment are you pursuing? And how do you know who that is? When we look at the U.S., we're looking at over 300 million people and the Latino market specifically represents more than 50 million of those people. But it's still a very large market, 50 million people is still a very large market. So in order to reach it effectively, you have to segment it, you have to divide it into subgroups, because it's very difficult to reach out to 50 million people, they're going to be different, they're going to be different age groups, different geographic locations and so forth. So. How do you decide which segment of the Latino market you are addressing when you use that label, quote unquote, Latino?
1: Well, you know, that the the thing with music in, you know, more so than not, um, music kind of comes in after, after, you know, focus groups have been done, after, you know, they've decided who they're who they're market, you know, who their target is, all of that jazz. So we kind of, the agency gives us the instructions as like who they are, what kind of tone they want to set. So they, they kind of lay that out for us in terms of, you know, who exactly they want to reach. You know, we don't really make that that decision beforehand.
0: Your client tells you the characteristics of the particular market segment that ad is for. Yes. When you are making those decisions, then you're not just using a general Latino label, but you really have a profile of some kind that your client has handed you. Is that right?
1: Yes, yes. They, they kind of give us, you know, the scope of, of, of what they're looking for. Um, they've kind of all, like, they've already made those decisions beforehand.
0: Are you... Producing original music, for example, when you're working on campaigns, are you retooling existing music? How does that work?
1: Um, We can do existing music. We can do original music. Um, I can – you know, the process of, for example – how, you know, you go from beginning to end as far as original music goes is, for example, an agency producer calls um, calls us up and says, you know, we're working on this spot and we're hoping to jump on a call um, with creatives or, you know, some sort of meeting between the creatives and the composers, the agency creatives and then the composers here at um, on that, so, um, before the call, they either give us picture because they've already shot the commercial, or if we're lucky, we're kind of in the beginning phase where it's boardematics, um, which is kind of like, uh, storyboards. So you're kind of put in the process of, at the beginning. And, you know, we get on the call and the creatives kind of discuss all those things. Okay. This is the kind of, uh, th- this is where the spot is going. This is the feel that we want it to have. They'll let you know where it takes place. For example, like this this should take place in Chile or in Argentina, or this takes place in someone's living room in, you know, Chicago, Florida. But again, for the Hispanic market. And then from there, you know, we have eight on-staff composers, and they all come up with um, – with a track for this piece based on the direction that they were given. Uh, however, we do try to give a couple curveballs, you know, something that they didn't ask for, but based on what we saw on the film or boards, we think, you know, will be a good match. So that's how the original music comes into play. Um, but, however, we have re-recorded. For example, I can't really say the product yet because it hasn't shipped, but they had they wanted to license an existing track um, for the general market version. And they reached out to a band and they licensed the track. So this band obviously sang the track in English, um, but then they wanted the same exact music track for the Hispanic market. And they had uh the band sing in in Spanish, but you know, it just obviously there's the accent, it was it just wasn't authentic enough. So then they reached out to us to re-record it in Spanish. Uh we also kind of looked at some of the lyrics and played with some of the words. As you know in Spanish there are so many words and so many ways of saying things. Uh that, you know, we changed it just to make sure that it was you know, lyrically fluid or... So, you know, that's going to be the song that goes on to all the Spanish spots for that particular campaign. Uh, so that would be
0: a re-record example. That actually brings me to an interesting question, which is when you are preparing ads or preparing music for ads that are targeting the Latino market, does that automatically mean that the music is in Spanish?
1: No, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that it's in Spanish always. You know, we've had commercials where uh, the background vocals are in English, but the, the voiceover and the talent are obviously speaking in Spanish because I think in the eyes of... You know, agencies and musicians, I mean, music, for the most part, is pretty universal. Uh, you know, it just depends, I think, you know, what role the music is playing. If the music is what's driving the spot forward, I think, for the most part, the lyrics will be in Spanish. But if it's kind of just a background thing, then, you know, it doesn't really
0: matter if it has English lyrics. What would you say is the, or is there theme when you think about Latino music for advertising? Many people, for example, certainly in the mainstream might think of mariachis or salsa music when they think of Latinos, but many Latinos object to being put in that little box. Uh, What is your experience?
1: Oh, yeah, and absolutely. And that's something that, you know, I believe agency folks try to, you know, steer away from is like that, I guess, stereotypical. Okay. So it's this kind of piece. So you should have this kind of music because that's not accurate. You know, uh, I believe or, you know, I hate saying I believe a lot, but in from what I've seen, you know, Latin music is just very, it's just, it's so hard to put it in. In into like one sentence, there's salsa, there's this, there's that. Maybe at some point back, you know, several years ago it was, but now because of all the fusions of cultures, especially here in the United States, you know, where kids are going to school with, you know, Colombians and Mexicans and Puerto Ricans, and now there's just a fusion of music that's sort of come out of that. So it's... For example, Juanes, a lot of his music has some cumbia in it, but he was also inspired by a lot of heavy metal, and you can kind of hear it in his guitar and how he uses it. So it's just, it's it, it's a lot more complex, I guess.
0: Do you ever use, say, classical music when you're producing music for a Latino ad?
1: I haven't come across that yet, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that's a request that we get, you know, later down the road.
0: What kind of trends, what kinds of music would you say is hot for the next year, for the coming months? What have you seen that's standing out right now?
1: Well, a lot of female artists. There's Jimena Sariñana. She's a Mexican artist, um, and she just actually recorded an English album, and I think it was released last year. But this, you know, 2012 is kind of when it's taking some, you know, taking, taking off. Uh, she's a really great kind of indie pop singer. There's also Rodrigo and Gabriela. I believe they're also Mexican and their music was actually featured in Puss in Boots, which is I think it's up for an Academy Award, I'm not sure, uh for an anim- for animation. And they're touring this year, uh I think for the first time ever with a band. Um they're a duo uh they play guitars. They're really, really fantastic. Uh, Los Amigos Invisibles are touring. So a lot of, a lot of indie, a lot of rock. I'm sure rap, you know, that's always, that's always touches the core of a lot of the younger teenage youth. Uh, so that's kind of, those are kind of the trends that I see.
0: And when we talk about advertising in this case, are we talking only about television advertising? Does this encompass radio? Uh, And what about the internet and and so forth?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, This encompasses, I would say, web, you know, new media, um, television. We haven't really done that much in terms of film but you know always exploring Uh, there's and I get you know new media would be web videos or even like cell phone advertising and all that you know beyond that beyond just the tube
0: is it the same ad would you produce the same ad for a television commercial that you would produce for example for something on the web are there differences that are worth noting
1: you know, sometimes you they come to you to just do television and then, you know, a couple months later they'll come to just do web. But for the most part, we'll, for example, I'll just give it to you in, chron- in order. Uh, Radio is usually 60, so then if they want that same music track, we'll cut it down to a 30 for TV. And if they want to do some sort of web ad, we can cut it for like 15, second, that is. So it just depends on um, if they want to use those, com- how they want to use the commercials, and- which is usually on the agency side.
0: Is length the main criteria, Luz, when you're changing media between radio, television, and web?
1: No, it's not because uh, obviously radio has a lot more, uh, for example, audio, uh, you know, a lot more dialogue. So you kind of got to tweak it a little bit. So let's say there's a lot of percussion in one area when they're saying, you know, the message that needs to be heard kind of got to bring it down or maybe mix it up a little bit to, you know, over, you know, the, the, the main thing is that the message come across. So, you know, you have to make sure that we're being respectful of that.
0: In what way, if any, would you say, the, the commercial would be different if you were targeting a highly unacculturated market segment compared to a highly acculturated segment. So someone who is Spanish-dominant and recently arrived versus someone who is second or third generation and is English-dominant. What, if anything, would that mean for you as you're producing the the, the music for that ad?
1: You know, that one, like I said, we, we kind of don't really have a say in that. For example, we are given direction from the agency and they've already made up their minds as to who exactly they want to target. So when we compose, we compose based on their direction. Now whether that's going to be for, you know, it's going to air for this time slot for this group, you know. 15 to 20-year-olds who just arrived, you know, who are recently uh, recently migrated to the country or who have been here, that that kind of is on the agency side.
0: So let me ask the question a different way. What percentage of the work that you do, that you see out there, is directed at that newly arrived Spanish-dominant market and what percentage is aimed at the more acculturated English-dominant market?
1: I would say a fair percentage you know I'm I'm no expert but I would say maybe seventy to the English and then thirty to someone who's a lot more newer okay thirty percent you know seventy percent
0: most of the work is targeted to the English dominant more affluent consumers
1: Absolutely. And which I think that makes sense because that's that's kind of who 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 is more dominant as far as like the consumer goes, I think. I don't know.
0: Well just in, in your experience, it's not necessarily a survey of what everybody else in the market is doing, but just in, in your day to day work and the, the kinds of projects that you're involved in.
1: Yeah, I mean I would, I would definitely in day to day that's kind of those are the requests is for more of the Anglo or not Anglo but more of like the uh, English influenced or you know people who have been here longer
0: how do you go about finding the music or the artists and what kind of issues are involved with that
1: well, when it when it comes to us composing original
0: music or when it comes to
1: maybe licensing existing music.
0: Either way. So somebody comes to you and says, Luz, say I call you tomorrow and say, hey, Luz, I've got this fabulous campaign that I'm launching and I need your help with some music. How do you decide? You're at this fork in the road where you have to decide original or existing music. How do you make that decision and how do you go about getting the music?
1: You know, it, again, it, it usually always goes, down, you know, goes back to the agency side where it's, it's, it's a little bit more, um, to compose original music where, uh, If you license it, there's, you know, for example, we have a library of music that you can license from and you can make tweaks. And that, you know, usually for someone who has a smaller budget is a lot more, I guess, is, you know, more budget friendly. I, you know, so it just depends on what their needs are, but what their budgetary needs are and, you know, what they're looking for and what the turnaround time for said song is you know
0: so you get a lot of that direction from your client of course for the what... client
1: yeah ultimately it's what they what route they want to go and you know we kind of just let them lead and you know we 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 cater to what, what their needs are
0: and it sounds like a lot of that is going to be driven by the budget
1: yeah yeah definitely definitely if it somebody... dictates a lot you know
0: if somebody says to you, "Luz, I have I have a good budget, meaning I have a, a nice size budget, but I'm unsure whether to go with existing music or music from an existing artist that's well known, or have something new composed." Is there a default recommendation that you would share with them?
1: Depending on what it is, you know, we always want to. Uh, you know, cater to our clients' needs, uh, I would recommend either licensing one of, obviously, one of our existing tracks because it's a little bit more feasible or, you know, if they really want something original, we can compose. Licensing with an artist can be a little bit more complex because depending on who the artist is, it can get pretty pricey and you know there there are a lot of loopholes that you kind of have to go through to get something licensed through an artist you know depending for example if you want a specific song from a specific artist singing it you need to clear two types of licensing and that's the sync which the publishers own that's kind of the intellectual property that's the melody that's the lyrics and then there's the master which is like the actual physical recording and there's this thing uh, or this agreement favored nation most favored nation so whatever percentage the publisher gets the master which is the label usually needs to get the same amount so it can get pricey it can get up there
0: in terms of geographic reach Are you usually looking at national efforts or are they regionalized? Are they multinational? What are you seeing?
1: A little bit of everything. Multinational, national, you know, regional, all of the above, all that you've mentioned. Uh, I worked on a spot, I helped with casting, or I'm sorry, I did the casting for a spot that was going to air in Latin America, including Brazil. So, you know, we had to get Portuguese-speaking talent from Brazil and, you know, talent from Argentina. We've also cast for just certain states in, you know, Florida, Texas, California. So it, it, it
0: just depends on what the needs are. In what way does that impact the production of the ad? In
1: terms of not so much music, but for voiceover, you got to be very sensitive of what kind of accent you're going to be casting, because they're in certain areas of the country they're more dense with specific backgrounds. Uh, So you just want to be sensitive to, okay, we don't want to we want to include everybody, so the safest bet is always to have someone with a neutral accent.
0: Now, when you say an accent, let's go back to that breakdown that you shared with us earlier. You had commented that 70% of the work, more or less, is targeting an English-dominant audience. So in that case, an accent wouldn't be very relevant, right? Well, if if
1: someone has... But, you know, even though... Let me back up. Even though you know people are more, I guess, leaning towards being more, you know, Americanized, they still hold on to their roots. So people identify themselves as, for example, Colombian American or Mexican American. So they know what a specific accent is like. So you you don't want to alienate any of the other cultures. Is
0: that a, a geographic issue? whether you're looking at the West Coast versus the Northeast or the Southeast and so forth?
1: Yes. Yeah, it's it's definitely a geographical issue, which, you know, and, and I'm just speaking from, from you know, specific spots that I've helped cast for, you know, where people were, the client definitely wanted to keep in mind, you know, okay, this is, it's, for example, maybe if it was in Miami, it's Cuban heavy, you know, let's not have someone who has a very heavy Argentinian accent. Let's just side on, be on the side of caution and have someone with a neutral accent.
0: What kind of time is involved in producing an ad from the music end of things, of course, which is your area? How much time does that require?
1: Well, it you know, it depends on how much time the client has. Sometimes you know, sometimes we've turned around music in a day. Uh sometimes we've turned it around in a couple weeks. So it it, it, it depends on, you know, what kind of deadlines your client has has to meet. Uh so it can
0: range from twenty four hours to two weeks. Even if you're producing original music, you can turn it around in two weeks? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely,
1: definitely. You know, I'm not a musician, but I know that with the tools that they have now, you know, turning around music is – its not to say that it's easier, but, you know, for example, you can – just for the demo phase, you can – uh create something that might sound like an orchestra through uh pro tools i believe and then let's say you know if the client falls in love with this track but they do want a, a symphony or whatever then you take it to the next step um so it just i guess it depends on what kind of time frame you have and you're working with
0: what kind of a budget range are we looking at if somebody wants to start a project and comes to you and says, okay, Luz, how much is this going to cost me? What is the range that you would describe to them?
1: It usually is it's usually more of me asking them, well how much do you have? Uh and then it's it's a little bit of a like a negotiation process. Uh I don't feel comfortable giving figures because it it just varies so much depending on the project, depending on the client, depending on you know what they
0: have. Well, let's look at it this way: Are you able? Is there a minimum threshold that you need to have in order to enter? Because, of course, under this economy, people are very concerned with budgets. And there are many small businesses and nonprofits that may want to have an ad, but may be concerned about whether they can afford it. What would you say is the minimum entry level, the minimum threshold to entry?
1: I mean, we've we can license a, a track, for example. We could license it for. I'm not going to, you know, don't hold me to this figure, but in the past, we, you know, we could we've done it for you know 2 250 for example 250 bucks for you know uh you know depending on how long they want to run it for um what market it, it, it's it's just it it always depends but you know we've done it as low as 250 or you know it,
0: yeah Two hundred and fifty is the minimum entry point for licensing the music. There are other costs, though. I'm assuming, including your time and fees. What would you say is the threshold for the project overall from the music side? Is is that still two hundred and fifty?
1: Um. No. I mean, that one's it's it's a diff. It's a really hard one for me to answer. To tell you the truth, and I don't really feel comfortable because it just it's project by project, and you know, um. I
0: I you know it, it just depends it, it depends okay let's talk about something that you said a minute ago which was the duration obviously if you license a song to, for use for one week it's going to have a different cost than for a longer period Is, am I understanding correctly yeah yeah definitely. definitely can you give us a little bit more insights on how that works
1: Sure. So let's say that your spot is only going to run for, you know, three weeks at this, you know, on this little market in like, I don't know, I'll use, uh, you know, a small state, for example, like uh, Maine or something, then that that's reasonable because the reach isn't going to be as as big. And uh, there's 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 a finite time that it's going to be up, which means that, you know, in two weeks then I can that track is opened up and then I could license it to someone else, you know, down the road. Whereas if if you license it for a year or in perpetuity, the chances of that life that track being licensed again are less. So, you know, you want to charge a little bit more.
0: Is it like double the cost? Say, for example, if you do one state versus two states, so if you do a second state, is it going to cost you double in fees? Or if you do 10 states, is it going to cost you 10 times? How does that work?
1: No, no, not necessarily 10 times. There's, there's not like an exact figure. It's just like, okay, well, ideally, if it's going to run on, you know, on these many networks stations during this amount of time, we think that this X amount would be fair. And then, you know, if, and then, you know, they come back to us and say, yeah, okay, that, that, that's fair. Let's, let's draw up a contract for that. Or they're like, uh, you know, we, we, this is all we have, you know, we understand that there, that people come into bump, you know, bumps along the way. So you know, we we try to be f- as flexible as possible.
0: Do you work with nonprofits, say public service announcements, at all? And what could you tell us about that?
1: You know, I up to this point, no, we haven't really um, had any. You know, that I that since I've been here, any public service announcement type work. Uh, usually from my understanding is a radio station will help them out in that process, but I'm not really familiar with the nonprofit sector in, in that in that um, area.
0: So if somebody came to you from a nonprofit and said, Hey, Luz, we've got this project that's particularly relevant to the Latino market and we need your help with the production of an ad. Will you help us? Can you help us? Do you have a policy in place? Would you be open to that? Oh, absolutely. Definitely.
1: Absolutely open to, to helping out and, you know, seeing where they need help if it, if, if, You know depending on what the cause is like there's always yeah we would definitely help out
0: what would you say are the biggest challenges for somebody who's listening to us and thinking this is a market that i would like to target and i'm not really sure what kind of results i'm going to get but i'd I'd like to give it a try what kinds of challenges would you say that they're likely to face well, you know, I think it comes
1: down to – I think that there would be a lot of challenges. Again, this isn't my area of expertise since I'm more on, like, the post side of things. But there, there's just so – there's so many entities within the Latino community. You know, what age range are you? What background are you? What, uh, you know, what financial – background are you like it it just it's it's very complex and you just have to be I guess you have to come in knowing that you'll have to do a lot of you know a lot of research on who your target group is and you know just know them like the back of your hand I guess
0: let me clarify the question in relation to the part of the project that you do what would you say are the biggest challenges that they would be dealing from the latino music in the ad part you know it, it's it's really
1: interesting it just i guess a challenge would be if if the end, if at the end the client not necessarily the agency but if if the client is kind of sold on the music, there aren't that many challenges that we come across. You know, I guess it's maybe because of the nature of the business, you know, they tell us, well, actually we're looking for something more like this and we just make the change. And you know, that's fine. It's nothing super challenging, I guess. in in that sense, because every, you know, everything is doable. I guess, uh, some of the more difficult things would be licensing music. That's very regional where the artist is hard to find uh, maybe, you know, but, it. but again, it's, it's all doable. Maybe f- finding someone who like of a mariachi band, like, let's say that they do want someone to play a specific guitar. I mean, it's, you know, those would be some of the challenges, but, always doable.
0: What three tips would you share with our listeners that they can take back to their projects? We have agency folks here or in-house folks that want to work with you, that want to develop some Latino music ads or Latino music for their ads. What three tips would you share with them that will help them better understand and better approach this market, whether it's for the first time or maybe people who have knowledge of the business but not specifically the Latino market? Well, definitely know
1: your market very well. You know, who are you reaching? And, you know, what kind of music is it that the this target that you're trying to reach is listening to uh, that would be my, you know, that would be one. And number two, I would say uh, the music, the Latino music is constantly evolving. And, you know, genres are being, you know, you know, specific to different genres are kind of meeting, you know, I've heard techno, tango, for example. So just know that it's constantly evolving. And but also, I guess maintain a hint of the tradition because Latinos, you know, are still very proud to be Latino. They know their music, they know their parents' music, but they, you know, are also listening, for example, to Lady Gaga. So, you know, I would say those would be the three main things to sort of keep in mind when thinking of music.
0: To summarize, the, those three things are just uh, short sentences, if you would.
1: So I would say again: um, know your target. Uh, music is constantly evolving, and you know, tradition is still relevant to current-day music. Thank you,
0: Luz, for joining us from Chicago, Illinois. Thank you so much for having me on. This was really fun. And to our audience, thank you for listening to Luz Agudelo, who is executive producer of Onda Musica y Sonido, about Latino music and advertising issues. Please share your suggestions, questions, and ideas by leaving a comment on the hispanicnpr.com website. If you... Would like to be on the show, you can email me directly at editor at com. That's editor at com.